For UT Tyler Radio, I'm Mike Landis. Americans under the age of 22 weren't even born when the 9-11 attacks took place in New York, Washington, D.C., and one of them ending in a field in Pennsylvania. One of those aboard that plane that crashed into the Pentagon on September 11, 2001, was a man who attended Tyler ISD schools and went on to a 20-year career working on the U.S. military budget. When Tyler ISD built a new elementary school in 2007, they decided to name it after Dr. Brian C. Jack. And here to talk about the annual commemoration of 9-11 at Jack Elementary is Tyler ISD Chief Communications Officer Jennifer Hines. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us more about the annual Patriot Day event at Jack Elementary. What's it like? Well, when Jack Elementary opened in 2007, they are also have a mascot named the Patriots. So very fitting. They decided to have a Patriot Day every year on 9-11. So this is something that is very closely tied to the school, obviously, because Dr. Brian C. Jack is named for this school. And they have all of the students gather together. They invite veterans to come. They invite first responders, families that would like to come and help commemorate and really just reflect on what happened back in um, when 9-11 happened. And they really just take a time to honor those people that have given their lives, those that continue to give their lives on a daily basis to protect us. I understand Dr. Jack's story on 9-11 is featured in the Scholastic News Magazine. What is that and how does that work? So the Scholastic News Magazine is a magazine that the students get every week. And it has different sections in it that teach them about different topics. And one of those is the U.S. History section. And for the 9-11 portion of that week, they are going to be featuring Dr. Brian C. Jack Elementary School talking about their Patriot Day as a part of that Scholastic magazine. And Scholastic News is is viewed by 6 million children. Oh my goodness. Um, so it's a weekly magazine. They're going to be in this one edition of it in one of the sections. So quite an honor for the school to be selected out of all of the schools across the country that could have been featured for this section of Scholastic News. Quite a remarkable accomplishment. For kids who weren't even born when 9-11 happened, they must see this like perhaps I saw World War II and the Korean War growing up, and how perhaps you saw Vietnam, distant, a little hard to relate to. How do educators get past that about 9-11? I think it's important for us to remember what has happened in history, and this is a part of our history, and they want to make sure that whether it is one of the world wars or whether it is 9-11, that children understand that some of these events may happen in the future and what has happened in the past as well. And, and that we have to learn from that, certainly. Absolutely. Now, you became a broadcast journalist in Abilene just before 9-11. What was that like to report on such an important event so far away from West Texas? You know, um, I remember that day so vividly. I, at the time, worked the evening shift. So normally, and by evening shift, for those that don't know, in the broadcast news industry means you don't go until 2 and you don't get off till 11 o'clock at night. So you really don't go to bed until like 1 or 2 in the morning. So that day, I just happened to get up early and I turned on the news to see what was going on, just checking it out. And that's when I saw the second plane hit. And immediately called into the station and uh, rushed in there. We have Dias Air Force Base out in Abilene. And so, you know, everybody at that point in time was scared about 
what could be next because there were so many planes that had gone down and in different places. So we were, you know, definitely doing our job of trying to tell the story. And so I was put on the story of the, um, the run on gas. Uh, there were lines uh, at gas stations around the block for blocks at every gas station and gas stations were running out of gas because people were in such a panic. They didn't know what was going to be coming over the next few days. So uh, that that was my 10 o'clock story that night. One can only imagine that the milk and bread uh, were, aisles were empty in the local food stores as well. Yes. And water, of oh, course. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, the following year on the anniversary, um, I actually did a story about how parents can talk to their kids about 9-11 because they had obviously experienced it the night before. So went into one of the schools and spoke to the teacher about what they should and maybe should not say um, and maybe images that they should and should not be seeing on television and kind of how to help their children work through that because it was the one year anniversary and there was obviously going to be a lot of coverage. Uh, and what was really cool is it was actually picked up by the national news and played um, on the national ABC uh, station. What so, a terrific story. Yeah. Your career eventually brought you to Tyler and KLTV Channel 7, where you reported and anchored for more than a decade. What was it like to step away from the studio and take on communications for the largest school district in East Texas? Oh, my goodness. Um, it was actually a really easy transition uh, because my entire broadcast career, um, from a reporter to an anchor, I was always one to gravitate towards schools. My very first story that was ever on the news was a school that had a power outage. Uh, it had been a big snowstorm and some trees had snapped some power lines. And then um, Abilene at the time was uh, declining in its population. So they were having to shutter schools. So uh, being a journalist, you always want to have the top story. So that was, that was what I was doing, covering school board meetings. So from the very beginning, I had always covered education. I went on to cover education in San Antonio, in Corpus Christi, in Austin. And then I even did it when I was at KLTV. I did a three-part series on the plan for the middle school redesign, which is actually now in place where we have four true feeder pattern schools. Um, but we also have a fine arts magnet school that is a K-8 and a bilingual school that is a K-8, which again was a part of that middle school redesign. So it was kind of neat to transfer over and be able to see some of the things that I have covered uh, come to fruition. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, I just would like to share that Tyler ISD is just a gem here in East Texas. We have such a great, wonderful hometown feel. Uh, we offer more programming uh, than any other district, uh, all the way up to Oklahoma, over to Louisiana, down to the suburbs of Houston, and over to the DFW area. So uh, there is so much going on that um, we are constantly trying to share our story. So I would encourage anyone that's listening, go check us out on Facebook, go check us out on Instagram. We are constantly sharing what's going on inside of our schools so that those that maybe even don't have children in school anymore can see all of the really cool, interesting and neat things that we are doing. Our guest has been Jennifer Hines, Tyler ISD Chief Communications Officer. To hear this interview again or to share it, go to kdut.org. I'm Mike Landis for UT Tyler Radio.